Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Hello, Simone. How are you? I hear there's been a little bit of a, a gumbo advisory, a gumbo warning. There's some cooler temps headed your way. I hope that is very welcome for many people across the region, but I hope you're also enjoying it. Of all the warnings and watches and things that we've had lately, um, uh, Scott's gumbo um, warning is is most welcome. So have something to look forward to towards the end of the week. Great. Well, you know, we are continuing our conversation today focused on Hurricane Ida. Um, As we mentioned last week on the show, we will probably be talking about this for a while because there will be a lot of needs and there's still a lot of needs on the ground from communities across Louisiana that were impacted by this devastating storm. So we're going to try to do our best to elevate those needs, to connect directly to people that are doing important work to help people in the long and ongoing road to recovery from Ida. Um, and just as a reminder, you can go to mississippiriverdelta.org Ida. We have a full list there of organizations that are directly helping people in need right now and ways that you can support those organizations financially through volunteering and more. So please go to mississippiriverdelta.org Ida. And one of the organizations featured on that list we're speaking to today. So Simone, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guests? Sure. It's it's um, my pleasure. It's something we've been thinking about for um, a little while, especially after the storm, to try to com- make a connection with this organization. Um, but they were doing such great work. They were so busy, so active um, that you also don't want to interrupt their flow. So uh, we're very excited to have on today uh, Jeray Giraud from Bless Your Heart. Uh, which is an organization based um, down the bayou. So we're going to have to get her to tell us a little bit about exactly where the down the bayou is um, and what that really means. I say it like, you know, everybody should know where that is, but <laughs> of course <laughs> so, they should. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to Delta Dispatches, right? Thank y'all so much for having us. Yeah, we definitely are from down the bayou. If you're from down here, you don't say bayou, you say bayou. <laughs> See, so I grew up in Terrebonne, so there were many bayous. Um, So it was really funny when I started at Restore Retreat, I mean, based in Thibodeau, there was really just one bayou. <laughs> and so um, so it did, it did make my work a little bit easier there and certainly don't want to forget our friends over um, in Terrebonne either. But you have been so incredibly busy doing really great work and and we do appreciate your time to come on the show um and and you, you are no stranger to podcasts we'll talk about that in a little bit but um first and foremost um how are you doing i mean you're um you have a business you have a family how is your family how is everybody down the bayou so we're doing good um my husband and i um we we live here in La Rose, uh, which is, uh, which is down the Baya. And so our house has to be gutted, but we're, uh, we're not, we're not, I mean, we're upset about it, but obviously we were much more blessed than a lot of our friends and family members who lost everything they own. We were able to salvage a lot of our personal items. So my husband, myself, and my two kids are camper living in my brother's driveway for the time being. So, <laughs> Silver linings. 
<laughs> did y'all leave for the storm or did y'all stay? So um, Lafourche Parish was under a mandatory evacuation order by uh, our parish president, Archie Chasson. And we really like to take his lead, you know, fo- follow his uh, guidance. So we left and my husband's from New Roads. So we evacuated to my in-laws with my two kids um, on the Friday and we were able to come back um, on the Tuesday. We hit the ground running when we got back um, or a nonprofit um, is housed in this community, Bless Your Heart nonprofit. And so we had a little bit of experience with hurricane relief after Hurricane Zeta, which was in like mid-October of 2020. So we had just a small taste of what hurricane relief would look like in our community. And we had kind of already teamed up with some community partners prior to Hurricane Ida making landfall. Uh, we knew we needed to do supply distributions. So just kind of, you know, coordinating while we still had cell phone service when we were evacuated. <laughs> and Jerry, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, to hear you say like, oh, you know, our house has got it and, and we're living, you know, um, kind of in a camp right now and have such a, a, you know, still overly positive attitude. I mean, it just speaks to you know, so many people, right, that have been impacted in so many ways, right? We were talking about that last week. You know, some people are like, well, I, I might have had some minor damage to my house. I don't have power, but on the on the whole, I'm good. You know, and it's like that that relative scale of like of impacts, right? And so we certainly hope that you and your family, you know, can kind of re- rebuild and, and, you know, but again, thank you for while you're going through that personally, you're also helping so many people in the region. And I think that's just a story of, so many people across coastal Louisiana right now that they're just, you know, they're going through their own thing, but they're still committed to helping others. And so we just have to acknowledge that and thank you so much for it. Um, And we want to get into the great work that Bless Your Heart is doing. But first, I think our listeners need to understand a little bit about what the situation is like in Lafourche. So could you tell us, I mean, we talked to Scott Pillier last week from a meteorological perspective about how Ida, you know, damaged the state in so many ways and the different types of damage in different regions to really kind of emphasize, like there's this massive storm that had this great extent of of damage across our region. But, you know, people may not be from Louisiana. They may not be still paying attention, although they should, to the ongoing impacts of Ida. So can you just paint a picture for us? What is the situation like currently in Lafourche? Right. So we are from the South Lafourche community, which is it's comprised of about four or five communities. It's LaRose, Cutoff, Galliano, Golden Meadow, and Grand Isle, which is actually not part of Lafourche, but we claim them. We love them. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you it's, not, it's nothing that we've ever experienced before. So growing up in this community, we all know and hear about two previous hurricanes, the hurricane of 1893 and Chenier and Betsy. Those, you know, our parents, our grandparents, they talk about that all the time. And we heard stories about what that was like, what living through those storms were like, and what post-hurricane life was like. But I don't, I never imagined what it would be like until I, you know, until I went through it myself, especially with my children. Just, you know, not being able to drive on the highway because there are just power, live power lines everywhere. Not being able to have running water um, you know, for, for a good couple days, we had to brush our teeth with bottled water. You know, if we had bottled water, you know, luckily my family, we were able to, you know, bring bottled water home with us. But um, I mean, I'll, one quick story, whenever we first got back 
a, some woman from our community whom we, we know, but not very close called us. And she, well, she reached out to us on Facebook and she said, look, my brother's at an apartment complex. I haven't been able to make contact with him in a couple of days. I know he only had a one case of water. Can you please go and check on him? And so we, you know, my brother and I drove out in his truck and we, we had cases of water in the back of our, his vehicle. And when we drove up, just a bunch of elderly people come out of these apartments and they don't have running water and they need water. And so we were able to, you know, check on her brother who was fine, but they were, they were out of water. And so I don't, I just think that we all take for granted the idea that you can just turn on your, turn on your faucet in your house, you know, and just get running water like that. So that was very eye opening to me that, you know, it's 2021. We're in one of the most amazing countries in the entire world. And the people of my community didn't have access to clean drinking water. That was just strange to me. Uh, you know, we we still currently, we don't have electricity. Some some members of our community still have electricity. But, um, I mean, we just got had, we were overwhelmed. I guess people kind of know, bless your heart, so they come to us whenever they need help. But I had a couple of mamas who had reached out to me and they like, look, I have enough baby formula for a day and a half. I need to find baby formula. Can you please find baby formula for me. And just as a mama, I can't imagine not being able to feed my baby, you know? So luckily a lot of our community members who've moved on to other communities uh, were coming back and saying, Jere, what do you need? What does the community need? And so I was able to make contact with a, a lot of people, you know, who are from our community, but don't live here anymore and say, I need baby formula. I need you to bring me adult diapers. We need, um, batteries, you know, just things like that. And that's just been, you know, very helpful. But I will say it's kind of like a third world country for a little while. Things are getting back to normal. The Rouses is open, which I don't know where y'all are from, if that's a big deal, but it's a big deal here. <laughs> well, I think that's, I think that's, you know, one of our questions was certainly to ask you, you know, what are the needs right now? But in so many ways, it seems like it's still the same and people, people are kind of moving forward at different paces. And that's hard because you definitely still have people um, in both Terrebonne and Lafushan and other places along the coast, right? That still have critical needs. And oh, so, um, and so the fact that you can't just go run to Rouse's, <laughs> I'm from a family who's like, mom goes to Rouse's like every single day. It's like, <laughs> you know, mom, you could like not go every day, but she's like, it's right there. Like, why would I right. not go? You know? So, right. um, but, but it is, it's so, in, it, it's, um, it's something that we wanted to bring forward on this show, um, that to, to let folks know that like, they are, there's still absolutely a need to meet these, you know, critical supplies. It is still water, diapers, formula, you know, or cleaning supplies. So can you, can you tell us, um, I know y'all have a big supply drive this weekend that I know y'all have been preparing for, but just name some top, um, you know, maybe the top five things that y'all still need right now, or the people um, down the bayou still need right now. So we are seeing like the needs changing. This Saturday will be our third distribution drive since Hurricane Ida made landfall. And initially I can tell you it was water. You know, that's people wanted, people needed water. People needed non-perishable foods. As time goes on, we're seeing a little bit of a difference. You know, now people aren't asking for baby formula as much as they were at the very beginning. But now people are trying to get their lives back together. So we're seeing a bigger need now for cleaning supplies. Um, you know, outside work gloves, um, 
Clorox mold and mildew cleaner, um, garbage bags, industrial size garbage bags. Um, so we, we're seeing a larger need. Oh, damp grid. That's another thing. Oh, yeah. People have yeah. been asking for uh, shovels, rakes, that kind of thing. Um, we're, we're just seeing the needs changing. Like we are, our nonprofits also working with the school, local school board about trying to do a uh, school uniform drive. So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the kids are going to be coming back to school and they, a lot, I don't, I just wish I could even have numbers uh, to, to tell you how many people in our community have lost everything they own. You know, we, we pass down streets and we see destroyed homes and we see people sitting in their vehicles in front of the homes. And so, you know, people are sleeping with their children in their cars and, I, I, that just really doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Archie, Archie's a good friend of mine. Um, uh-huh. And and by the way, I'm I'm I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I am just in awe of him every day. Um, his leadership skills, and I think he's just such a great communicator. Um, and I've I've heard that that is just so necessary is the need for temporary housing, and I know that they're having difficulty with that. But then. Um, the right and that's obviously something right right Um, we've been in communication with Archie so we've been trying to uh, you know express to him the needs of the people that we see on the front line uh and he he did come out to a couple of our distributions so I mean he sees the the people themselves um that the need for a transitional shelter was um was coming up and that we needed transportation to a transitional shelter and so it, as soon as right, we made that right. need known to him he he jumped on it so we're really proud of him and his team yeah i've also heard him say you know just kind of um as what they might call it like back of the napkin kind of stuff that um that you know they think a quarter of the houses are just destroyed in one way or another right to- totally unlivable and you know with another 30 or 40 percent um was severely damaged and so um i mean that's a lot that's a lot of people that um you know and and sometimes i look um and you know, friends with, with Chet too. And I think about Archie, I think about Chet and I think about what's the first step you take to a community. And I think it's temporary housing. I think it's getting the kids in school, right? You know, there's just a couple of steps that you have to take and, um, just to really kind of start getting everything back. Of course, it's, it's also the small steps, like having a grocery store open, getting lights, right? Those kind those are, those are pretty obvious, but for long-term recovery, um, temporary housing and, and schools seems like really to be a driver for that. So, um, so yeah. I, I still want to keep talking about, um, about bless your heart and all the things that you've been doing. You, you had, you're about to have your third distribution day. I'm assuming that, um, y'all get donations, but you, you also have to like secure supplies. Like that's a lot to think about. Then you have to have enough people yeah. to hand everything out and the logistics. Um, so right. tell us, um, and, and it's interesting that you said you had experience doing that because um, that's hard. That's really hard just to think yeah. about that problem that you have to solve. So um, tell us about that. Tell us about how you get your supplies, who's been donating um, and tell us about that distribution event coming up. 
Yeah. So the, <laughs> the supplies have been overwhelming. I mean, we've never had a concern that we have, haven't had enough. We've really had a concern that we had too much. You know, we were completely <laughs> right, overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bless your heart does, is not housed in any one facility. Um, we were a member, we're a board of five, five members. It's my brother, Ross Jambon, myself, our good friend, Hillary Crum, Chris Brantley, and Luke Newman. And we have no staff. We have no main phone line. We have, <laughs> we just kind of fly with the seat of our pants. So, uh, I mean, we've been overwhelmed. We really have been just overwhelmed with organizations reaching out to us. Luckily, our local officials have really put forth our nonprofit as a trusted nonprofit in this area. Yeah, so, right, um, right. I mean, I'll tell you, churches from all across the nation, not just Louisiana, People, I had a girl who just drove her and her her wife drove in from Nashville. Um, just they they didn't know anyone in our community, but they had heard of our nonprofit. <laughs> she texted help, huh? me, asked me for my address. She drove to my house and brought us women and hygiene products. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, how did you hear awesome. about us? She's like, I don't know. I saw it on a Facebook post, and we just we knew that there were young. Yeah, we knew that there were young girls who needed feminine hygiene products, so we yeah, wanted to bring yeah, them. So, yeah. I mean, um, I can tell you we've had a number of fi- large financial uh, contributions. Um, a lot would wish to remain anonymous, but um, we received grant funding from the Bayou Community Foundation, um, Chevron, Shell, um, Mr. Kim, uh, uh, Mr. Henry and Ms. Kim LaFont, uh, Renee LaFont. Um, they've all made huge financial contributions um, to our nonprofit, which helps us kind of fill in the gaps where maybe some of our donations are lacking. Like we might get a lot of food, but not a lot of um, canned uh, vegetables. So we're able to partner up with Rouse's and say, hey, Rouse's, we have enough for to make food baskets, um, but we but we need canned vegetables. So then we can buy canned vegetables that way. So um, the money's been helpful to kind of fill in, you know, like fill in the gaps. Um, but yeah, so our, our distribution on Saturday is going to be at the LaRose Civic Center. It's 307 East 5th Street in LaRose. We're so thankful that Miss Myra O'Gale and the board with the LaRose Civic Center has allowed us to house our supplies in their Bouvier room. That nice. facility is also being used as a transitional shelter. So they have a lot going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> they always do. Come honest. on, I've been over there. They always do. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the most like telling thing about our community through all of this is that the volunteers have been our community members. Like the the volunteers who are helping us organize supplies are the same people who've lost their houses. And they're like, well, I'm just waiting for my adjuster. I can't really do anything at home. So I'm coming over here, you know, like, tell me what you need me to do. And they, they stay all day and they, they want to help. And that, I feel like that just really says a lot about the community from which I'm, you know, I live is that we, we are from, you know, our ancestors, our grandparents, they were hard workers. They worked in, you know, trawl boats, they worked outside, they trapped, they had a hard living. And I feel like they really passed on a positive work ethic to us that, you know, we don't wait for someone to come in and take care of us. We take care of our own. Yeah. I always thought that was uh, always kind of stunning to me that the LaRose Civic Center, when we'd have lunches and all these things down there, 
that that was all volunteers, like maybe one or two paid employees in the kitchen, but all of those old ladies were all volunteers and um, that, that all, and then, you know, people donated the shrimp, right. Or, or those kinds of things. Right. And so um, I definitely, definitely agree. That's, that's the spirit of down the bayou. And, and I love that that's um, really kind of um, compelled you guys um, where, where you are right now. So, Jure, I want to ask, um, where can people go if they, uh, to support your organization? You know, what, what do you all need? You know, either where can they go to donate to your organization? Um, where can they go? I mean, if you need supplies, you know, how do they get those to you? Um, I know you have a Facebook page and, and kind of your Gmail and Venmo. So just tell us what you need, what people can do to support your organization and how they can do that. So you can find us on Facebook. Um, it's Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Um, you can uh, donate monetarily to our Venmo or PayPal. So Venmo is BYH Nonprofit. Um, PayPal is Bless Your Heart Nonprofit at gmail.com. Um, if you would like to donate supplies, you can contact me directly. My cell is 985-232-5156. I'm probably better reached by text message. Um, and if if I can't accept the supplies, then I can absolutely direct you to another distribution site in our parish. Because I kind of think this weekend may be our last distribution um day for at least a while. I know that we'll probably do another one in November and then another one in December. So, um, but just, I mean, prayer too, if you can just pray for us that we have clear minds and that we, you know, are, are going in the right direction that God kind of has for our organization. We want to meet the needs of our community. So we've really just been praying that we, you know, the needs of our community is brought um, to our attention, because I would hate that there would be something that we could address and that, you know, that we not address it. So we've just been trying to be very receptive to our community members and just trying to be helpful. You know, a lot of people need hope right now. They've lost everything they own. They may not have insurance. And we want to be, you know, encouraging and inspiring to them that, you know, it's going to be okay and we're going to be here to help you through it. You know, that is so incredible. And especially given what you said about, you know, people in the community who, you know, maybe, you know, outside of their homes right now, they they have lost everything and yet they're still giving back. They're still volunteering. And, and I want to ask too, you know, if someone hears of a family in need or a specific need in, in your community, I imagine, you know, you'd want them to reach out to you as well, right? Via the same ways. Yes, sir. So you can also, uh, if you message our Facebook page, that's probably the best way to get in contact with our organization um, by Facebook Messenger uh, to our Facebook page. If you have a family member who, you know, needs specific assistance, if we can't help you, we can at least direct you to the organization or provide you to the resources that you need. Um, But yeah, we want to try to be as helpful as possible. There are resources out there. I just feel like not everybody knows where to find them. And then I feel like most times people want to help. They just don't know how. And so if you want to do either of those things, we just ask that you reach out to our organization and we can, um, you know, either make that opportunity for you or lead you in the right direction. Well, great. And and thank you so much again for all the work you're doing. Um, and just as a reminder, it's at Facebook at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. 
Um, the PayPal is blessyourheartnonprofit at gmail.com and Venmo is at blessyourheartnonprofit. Jure, I do want to ask too, I mean, you said you all were mobilizing, ready to go even before Ida made landfall. So that's, I mean, incredible that, you know, while you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I need to evacuate, I need to kind of take care of the stuff I need from my own home, you're immediately preparing to be able to mobilize and activate as soon as the storm passed through. So tell us a little bit about your organization. How did it get started? And how long have you all been supporting the Bayou region? So we started Bless Your Heart Nonprofit in May of 2020 um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, We were all kind of sitting at home under the stay-at-home order, and we felt like we wished that we could do something. And so we initially started making snack baskets for essential workers. um, And the community really supported that effort. And then once we became 501c3 eligible through the IRS, we applied for grants through the Bayou Community Foundation to assist our community getting back to normal. So we were able to provide uh, thermal thermometers to local elementary schools, um, hand sanitizer to local businesses, um, just trying to relieve that added burden on our community partners, um, just to try to get things back to normal. So eventually that morphed into us doing um, hurricane relief or trying to provide food. We uh, we are from a very impoverished community. Um, I'm an attorney in this ta- like small community that I'm from, and we get to see the hungry kids and the families who, you know, go without and the, the, uh, the elderly who need help. Uh, I get to see that in the court system. So um, we try to put ourselves in those people's positions and really think about how bless your heart can intercede in their lives and help them where they are. And so that's really kind of just turned into our mission is like trying to enrich the lives of the people of the Bayou region Um, We've done that also, like we've helped out. One of our close friends has lymphoma and they kind of fell on hard times. So we did this huge benefit for him to assist with the cost of his medical treatment. Um, We've sent a local child to California to receive um, allergy treatment. She had over 40 anaphylactic allergies and we were able to help her family help, you know, go to California and receive some much needed medical treatment that she needed. So we also recently, when the Seacorp Power um, boat had capsized right off of our community, we were able to assist those family members who had come to Port Fouchon to uh, hear, you know, hear the most updated information about their family members. So again, our community just poured, you know, their hearts into these families, trying to help them in their time of need. Um, and we were able to kind of be that conduit in between our community and the people who needed help. So that's kind of our roadmap so far. And we're, we're very excited about what the future holds. We know that we um, have been given an opportunity with Hurricane Ida to really make an impact on the people who live, who are neighbors and our family members and our friends. And we, um, you know, while we know that this is a devastating time for our community, it's a great opportunity to show the children of our community how to, you know, how to help and how to uh, put yourself aside for a minute and really kind of serve others. Well, you know, the 
the community of Lafouche and the, the Bayou region is so lucky to have you all right now. And so I hope everyone takes this as an opportunity to support your organization and the great work you all are doing. I, I would be remiss not to mention, you know, Simone and I love uh, promoting a good podcast, especially a Louisiana <laughs> podcast. So you also have a podcast, correct? Tell us a little bit about that um, and how that got started. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, we host a podcast called the DTB Podcast, which stands for Down the Bayou Podcast. I won't lie that it's not my brainchild. It's definitely my brother's brainchild. Um, but I really, really like the message that it, it kind of stands for. So we feature... Um, in, you know, interesting people from our community who have stories to tell, and we want to uh, give them a platform to tell their stories. And so we've really, uh, we've had 13 episodes so far, and we've covered some history from our community, but we've also covered some social issues in our community as well. Um, we've covered uh, suicide, you know, um, assistance with bereaved families. We've covered uh, the history of one of our local grocery stores that's really kind of been very essential in the landscape of the South Lafouche community, Frank's Supermarket, um, some local restaurants, um, the James George restaurant in La Rose, which was a pretty integral part of um, this area in the 1960s. Um, we've covered, you know, the past, the present, and then looking on into the future. We recently sat down with Chet Chasson, with uh, Port Fouchon. So we're excited about the DTV podcast. We think that our first season went well and uh, we're looking forward to season two. Well, I love that. And I can't wait to check it out and, and highly encourage everyone to go listen and subscribe to the DTP podcast. Um, Jure, it is so clear in speaking to you and in the work that you're doing, you know, your love of your community. And again, I just want to thank you so much um, for everything that you and your organization and your family are doing amidst, you know, your own personal struggles. So um, one more time, where can people go to support Bless Your Heart? So you can find us on Facebook at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit, or you can financially uh, contribute uh, via PayPal or Venmo. So those would be good opportunities for you to support our organization. Great. And I don't know if you've listened to past episodes, but we have a tradition on Delta Dispatches. We like to ask our guests a fun question. So this one will be a little bit more sentimental than fun, just given the, the topic of today's episode. But I'm really curious about hearing, you know, and thinking about people that are not from, maybe not from Louisiana, maybe not from Lafouche or, or down the Bayou. What in your mind is kind of what makes this place so special, right? If you had to describe it to someone who is not from there, you know, why is the community of Lafouche and your community such a special place? Um, I think our community is um, such a special place because of the people who live in it. Um, I, I feel like we are, you know, we don't just represent one nationality. We, we are comprised of, I'm not going to say a melting pot of different nationalities, because I think that each of our individual characteristics makes us unique. But, you know, the families who have lived here for the last, you know, 200 years um, have, you know, developed this rich sense of um, culture and heritage. And it, it has everything to do with our 
food and our music and the way we treat each other and the the traditions that we, um, you know, that we've established here, we still say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. And we hold doors open for the elderly and we look after our neighbors and, you know, we were taught good and positive work ethic from our parents and our grandparents. And we have respect for that generation and what they've done to really get us where we are. And we don't want to, um, you know, discredit that at all. And we want to honor their, you know, the legacies that they've left. I mean, I, I hear all too often people say I stand on the shoulders of giants, but truthfully, that's what we do in this community. We are, you know, our grandparents and our parents have done so much for us in blue collar jobs. You know, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fabulous. They, they didn't wear shiny shoes. They, they sweat and they bled and, you know, they gave us these opportunities that we have now and we have such a great close knit community. I would venture to say that it's unparalleled, you know, in, in the state, in the country. So I love, I love Lafouche. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is certainly clear from today. And again, from all the work you're doing Um, and just, you know, hope that folks can support you, can support, support the community of Lafouche that, you know, one day soon, um, once it's, you know, safe to do so and not an added burden and things are back up and running, that people can visit Lafouche and support the local businesses and the local restaurants and really kind of help in that long recovery. Um, So thank you so much, Sheree, for being on. We know you're very, very busy. And so we hope that, you know, some people can listen to this show and support the work that you're doing. Good luck with the third distribution this weekend and and stay in touch. We, we're more than happy to always help and support and get the word out about the work you're doing and any needs in Lafouche Parish. Awesome. Thank y'all so much for having us. And y'all mentioned that Scott Pile, I guess, is with the, is it, he's with Restore Retreat? He's with Restore the Mississippi River Delta. Yeah. An environmental defense fund. So Scott joined us in the spring and uh, we've been very lucky to have him just kind of guiding us in many ways from a meteorological perspective and then helping to just keep us informed about everything that's going on right now. That's so awesome. So he's like pretty much royalty here now. So (laughs) (laughs) well, we will have to let him know. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we will we will let him know and you know maybe there can be a, a visit a visit or something arranged at, at some point so yeah. thank you again Jeray and I just I'm going to close with our coastal stat of the week so um, this is from an NPR story that featured the impact specifically to Lafouche in the aftermath of Ida but it, the story said that about a hundred thousand people living in Lafouche Paris and all of them were impacted by Hurricane Ida. Um, When Ida made landfall on the 29th of August, um, it was an extremely dangerous Category 4 near Port Fouchon. Um, Port Fouchon located at the southernmost point of Lafouche Parish, um, and it it had wind gusts of up to uh, 128 miles per hour were recorded, as well as a 12-foot storm surge. Three weeks after the storm, there were still 17,000 without power. And there were 7,296 broken poles, 7,972 spans of wire, 617 damaged damaged transformers, and 3,000 damaged cross arms. So, I mean, this is these are just numbers, but you know what we've talked about today and seeing the impacts on the ground. I mean, it's clear that this community definitely needs um, our help for now and for a long time to come. And our coastal voice of the week is actually from. Brennan Mathern, who has a close relationship with um, 
uh, uh, bless your heart. And, and Brennan says that, you know, on his update about hurricane recovery in Lafouche Parish, that nearly three weeks after Ida made landfall, um, he's been trying to be positive, but for his own sake and for his community, but they're still faced with serious devastation. Homes and businesses, especially on the southern end of the parish, are just devastated. Some people have begun repairs, while some are just trying to decide where to move because they, there's nothing left. Normally, people would be in church on Sunday mornings, but many are uninhabitable. Others have turned into drive throughs for hot meals or even shelters. Sunken boats line Bayou Lafouche, boats of all shapes, types, and sizes. These were people's livelihoods. The debris line along the South Lafouche levee system shows just how close we came to even further uh, devastation had floodwaters overtopped the levees. South of the levee system, only a handful of structures remain. In some cases, there's little to no evidence a house or business was ever there. Leeville is all but gone. Many schools will be able to reopen sooner rather than later in areas of the parish. There's still so much work to do. On a brighter note, we've been getting through getting three hot meals a day from so many people waiting to do their part, from red beans to pastalaya or jambalaya and even barbecue. The community has been eating well, that's for sure. So many have been helping us and we are so appreciative. We have a long road to recovery ahead in Lafouche Parish, but we will do it together as a community. We remain Lafouche strong. So anything you want to say about that? I know Brennan, is is he the host of your podcast? Yeah, so Brennan is the host of our podcast. He and I used to work together uh, at Lafouche Parish government many moons ago. So he's a close friend of ours and his words are so true. So true. Brennan always says it better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see that you all shared that on Facebook. And so I thought it was a perfect coastal voice of the week this week, just to let people know really what is going on, what has happened and really what the needs will be for a long time. So thank you again, Jure, for being on um, and best of luck to you and your organization as you all do this very important work right now. Um, and we want to hear from you if you have needs on uh, ongoing recovery, be sure to reach out. And as a reminder, if you're looking for organizations like Bless Your Heart, where you can support um, as they do work across Louisiana's coast, you can go to MississippiRiverDelta.org slash Ida. Thank you again, Sheree. We wish you the best. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, we'll see y'all later, alligators. Bye.